Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hockman, and joining me this week is former UMass Lowell lacrosse goaltender, Grant Lardieri. It's been a while. Thanks for coming on, Grant. Yeah, man. It's awesome to get to uh, catch up with you again. How are you doing? I've been pretty good. Uh, let's just let's get let's get cracking. Um, my first question for everyone on here is is what made you want to become a goaltender and and just where where did it all start for you? Yeah, so uh, I started off playing baseball uh, growing up. I loved it, but uh, my dad was always a lacrosse guy, and so in fifth grade, um, he convinced me to give lacrosse a shot. Um, and he coached my team actually, and I'll never forget it. We were at a tournament. We had a game in about thirty minutes, an hour. And our goalie just came up to my coach and said, I don't want to play goalie anymore. And then, so I think my dad, uh, not wanting to deal with angry parents, you know, sticking their kid in the goal, um, just turned to me and said, Grant, you're playing goalie next game. Um, and so I did, and the rest was history. How old were you when that happened? I think it was fifth grade. All so. right. So, yeah, so, so still pretty early. Um, yeah. You grew up in, in, in Adam, Michigan. Since I have really slim to no idea what the lacrosse culture is like in most places, aside from, you know, your father sort of ringing you into it, what inspired you to not only start playing lacrosse, but to stick with it? Yeah, I mean, he was a real uh, kind of inspiration for, for jumping into it. And uh, but I just I just loved it. it it's a great game. Um, but yeah, lacrosse is not big in the uh, Midwest. It's growing quite a bit. Um, you know, it, it's really and a much, uh, much further along than when I was joining into the game. Um, but yeah, it's cool though. I've seen it grown. And, uh, you know, my dad was a uh, big, um, at least for my school and building a program there. Um, but yeah, just, just fell in love with the game. I remember actually, I think, I think I was around the same age, fifth grade when I first tried lacrosse and I knew almost immediately that it just wasn't for me. So I think if, it's one of those sports where either, where either you're you're really into it or it's just not for you. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to say it. It just kind of clicks. Well, you excelled at a rate much more rapidly than almost everyone around you, especially by the time you got to high school. What was the moment, or maybe it was multiple moments, where you knew you were progressing at the position faster than the guys around you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, and I guess I haven't really ever put much thought into that, but um, you know, right from when I started. Um, playing goalie, that is. I was having, uh, you know, the older teams pull me up to play with them. And so that was kind of an idea. But I think it was really um, my freshman year of high school um, playing on the varsity team and realizing that I was playing at the same level as a, you know, 17, 18-year-old across the field for me. And I think that's kind of when it clicked that I was uh, – I was excelling at this sport and it was something that could take me beyond high school. Was it something that you knew as you were getting better, you were like, Hey, I, I really enjoy this too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's no, it's, it's no secret that as you get older, the shots get harder and quite frankly, a lot harder. What, what motivates you to keep moving on to the next level knowing that the shots are coming at you faster and harder each time? Yeah, so, I, I mean, you could speak to this, too, because I think for any sport um, that involves a goalie, you can't be afraid of the ball and play goalie. It just it won't work out. And once you get past that, 
um, then it's like any other challenge in life. As you, as you get better, you want the next challenge. And if you're a competitive person, you welcome challenge. Um, and so that's kind of what it was for me. As I got better, I wanted, um, you know, to push myself harder to go up against the best players. And yeah, I mean, that's how I would uh, answer that question. Yeah, I mean, and it's a great answer, and it's it's a great metaphor for a lot of different things that you go through, is if you're not really up for it, regardless of whether it's something that's physical pain or it's something that's mentally tough, you're not going to be able to really push through it. Absolutely. So you're, I mean, you started as, as, as a freshman in varsity in, in high school. Your high school career was, in a word, prolific. You were a three-time first-team All-American, an All-State performer, you graduated as the career record for saves in the state of Michigan with 901. You held several records for top 10 per game save totals in the state of Michigan. I don't know if those records have been, have since been broken or if you still hold them. Um, high, high school is such a, an interesting time for a lot of people, especially for athletes in this case, who are looking to start to fill into their bodies and, and are progressing academically at a very fast pace. Looking back on your high school career, how did it propel you to where you'd, you'd play your next four years of lacrosse? Yeah, it's funny uh, you bring up the uh, high school records. I haven't looked at them in, in a while, but uh, I would not be surprised if Hunter Brown, the, the current goalie at UMass Lowell, uh, beat most, if not all of those uh, in his high school career. Um, he's a great dude and an awesome goalie. Um, but yeah, I mean... I talked about how lacrosse wasn't very big in, in Michigan, um, but my high school actually had a, a pretty solid team. Um, I think my senior year, we had four guys that were uh, committed to play division one lacrosse on, on our team. Um, and there were a handful of other pretty solid teams in the state. Um, so I think in high school, really playing with those guys in practice every day, um, you know, guys that were, were good enough to go on to the next level, um, really helped me grow in the game. Um, and then again, summer ball, travel teams, and all of that uh, played a big part in me as well. How big a part would you say your teammates are in your in your development as a goaltender? I mean, you you don't. I mean, you have your goalkeeping partners, the guys that you work with in training. But how important is the rest of your team to your development? Well you kind of depend on the guys shooting on you. Um, so, you know, having, having guys that can give you uh, good, accurate, hard shots is, is very important. And, you know, another side of that is having guys that respect the position of goalie. And when you go out to do um, shooting training with them, that they respect the position and they're not getting five feet in front of you and shooting it as hard as you can, where it's, you're uh you're working together to, to where you're getting better at seeing and saving the ball and they're getting better at figuring out how to shoot on a goalie um, in a realistic situation that they'll see in a game. So I'd say your, your teammates are tremendously important in, in development. I asked this to almost everyone I interview, but what was your recruiting process like? What drew you out of, out of Michigan and into Lowell, Massachusetts? Yeah, so... Uh, it was kind of a, a rough recruiting process, if I'm being totally honest. Um, again, coming from a non-traditional uh, lacrosse um, place in, in the Midwest, it was pretty hard to get in front of coaches. Um, and I was also coming through 
high school right about the time where early recruiting was at its peak. Um, you know, so I think by the start of my junior year, something like two thirds, uh, three quarters of all the division one teams had already filled their, their goalie spot. Um, and I was kind of left behind there. Um, and so I started focusing a lot on uh, division two, II, division three schools and was getting a lot of interest there. But um, I sent some film to coach Stevenson uh, the summer of my summer going into my senior year. And he had me out for a visit a couple weeks later. Um, and I ended up, you know, really liking Lowell, um, loving coach. Uh, and he called me a few days after that and offered me a spot on the team. And, you know, it was a no brainer. Um, you know, I think for him, it was kind of, he was taking a flyer on me and um, I was just appreciative of that opportunity and, and ran with it. After high school, you were the winner of the UMass Lowell Provost Scholarship and UMass Lowell Additional Studies Scholarship. And you were the recipient of the Academic Booster Scholarship and Ernie Popiel Memorial Scholarship, which is given for most outstanding leadership on the field and in the classroom. Sometimes it goes without saying, but as we all know, and, and what we're told right away as freshmen is that we're student athletes, not athlete students. The academics should always come first. This is probably a dumb question, but, but just how important was the academic side of it for you? And how did you balance that through college? Because that's a big question that for a lot of people um, like us. It's, 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 a, it's a question that a lot of us get. It's like, how do you balance your school and athletics and still have a social life? Yeah, so academics is uh, incredibly important to me. Um, you know, I love lacrosse. I was crazy passionate about it. But I always knew that my days playing lacrosse would come to an end and, and that they wouldn't go beyond college. Um, you know, there's not much for professional game and I wasn't at that level anyways. Um, but I was pretty passionate about, um, or am pretty passionate about a career in medicine. And that kind of, kind of got to that point in high school where I realized that. And so from an early point, um, academics was a big focus and, and started developing that time management and, um, the focus and discipline that you need um, from an early age, you know, in high school. And so that really carried over into college. And I think it helped out with that transition quite a bit where you have so much more freedom. Um, just having that routine where I was, uh, you know, I was getting out of practice, eating something and then hitting the library. Um, and as far as balancing the social life, you know, you do have to pick and choose some things. You have to uh, you have to cut some different things out, but there's plenty of time in your day for athletics, academics, and, and to also have a social life. Um, you know, you just have to use your time wisely. Uh, one of the big things that I used to do was when I'd go to study, I'd turn my phone off. I'd kind of lock myself in a quiet room and um, just focus right away on my, uh, on my studies. And that kind of helped me to be productive and efficient. Um, and make me make more time for some of those um, social things on the weekends or whatnot. It is funny, you know, when I get asked that question, I sort of, it's almost an easy answer for me in terms of, you know, your, your life as a student athlete, especially at the division one level is so scheduled. The schedule almost works itself out in terms of, you know, this is the time for, for training and athletics. This is the time to do homework. And then whatever time you have left, that's your social time. It's your time to be able to be your own person and you have plenty of it. 
because in, in my experience, the schedule sort of worked itself out. It was pretty similar for me too. I definitely don't, I would not say I lacked any, any thing in the social area. And, and that's a big thing for parents that, you know, that talk to me um, in terms of when they're, you know, their, their kids in, in high school and is looking to get recruited. And, you know, they ask, you know, what's, well, what's the social life like? How, how much time do you have? And it's like, it's, you know, it, like we just said, it, it works itself out. And, and if you're, if you're diligent about getting your homework done, and getting your schoolwork done, then the rest sort of falls into place. Yeah, absolutely. So if I remember correctly, you were named captain as a freshman. You and I both know as a goaltender, you're already kind of a leader on the team. We see everything, we communicate to almost everyone during the game, and we have to keep guys in line who are 21, 22, 23, upwards, upwards of that as, as 18-year-olds ourselves. But what did being named captain right away do for you as a goaltender? Yeah, I think a lot of um, that had to do with it was that we were a young team um, to start with. I came in as part of the second recruiting class um, for UMass Lowell's program. They didn't have a team prior to going Division I. Um, but it was a tremendous honor to just know you had the respect for your teammates. Um, you know, I will say I, I don't think I was ready at that point. Um, and uh, I, I don't think I was the best captain my freshman year. But I got another opportunity again my, in my senior season to, to lead the team as a captain again. And just seeing the growth that I was able to, um, you know, achieve in a lot of different areas of my life and, and on the field and as a leader was, was pretty cool. But, yeah, going back to that, I mean, it, it did – it was an incredible honor just to, to know you had the respect of your teammates. And, and you were right about goalies being just natural leaders to begin with um, – you know, they, they don't call us a quarterback of the defense for, for no reason. Um, and that can be, be difficult when you're the new guy on the, on the scene. But um, I think having that title helped me to, to know that I, I was welcome to, to step up and, and um, you know, give direction and, and whatnot. And then I had uh, the respect of my, my teammates. What advice would you give to a younger goaltender, you know, who's all, who all of a sudden is thrust into that leadership role? Because we, like you said, we do have to be leaders right away. Yeah. Um, I would say start off by leading by example, but also don't be afraid to speak up and to, to make your voice heard and, um, you know, work on yourself first, but you also have the responsibility of leading that defense and um, yeah. So I mentioned it earlier, and, and, we, and we, we talked about it, but lacrosse shots are just so hard and, and so fast. It, it, can't, it can't feel good. It just can't. I remember seeing you out there with just either shorts on or sometimes you'd throw on the sweatpants if it got cold, but it has to hurt. There's no way around it. What compels you to throw your body in the way of that stuff? I mean, aside from the obvious, like, and we talked about it, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to understand that, that that's, that's the part of the deal. Um, and people ask me all the time why I'd want to stand in front of a hurling soccer ball, but a cross ball to, just to me is a whole other universe. Yeah. So, you know, you know me pretty well. I, I think I come across as a pretty uh, laid back guy, but at heart, I'm, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie in a, in a sense. And there's nothing that will get your uh, blood pumping, like standing in front of a you know 90 mile an hour shot. And so for me, I, I just loved it. And, and when you got that adrenaline, flowing and you get hit by one of those balls they really don't hurt 
Um, I will say it's, it's different in practice when it's cold, you're tired and, you know, maybe you don't really want to be there that day and, and you getting pegged by shots, but it's something you get used to your body adjusts to it. And once you take a couple, you realize they don't hurt that bad. And, um, you know, and then the fear just goes away and yeah. Yeah. For those of you who have never met Grant in person, uh, he will not strike you as an adrenaline junkie. I'll just say that, uh, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, uh, I've jumped out of airplanes and swam with sharks. And next on my list is running with bulls in Spain, but yeah, yeah if, you guys, if you guys ever get the, the absolute pleasure of beating Grant Lardieri, very stoic, very, not very quiet, but relatively quiet, very well-spoken. And all of a sudden, I'm just learning today that you want to run with the Bulls. So that's fun. Yep. Um, so it sort of actually leads me into my next question, which is what's your mental prep for any game like? I know for me, and I know it varies from person to person, but for me, it was I was actually a very verbal guy leading up to games. I love to pal around with the teammates and engage in conversations because I actually wanted to get on their wavelength and feed off of their energy. But what was your mental prep leading up to a game like? I'd say for the position of goalie, and I'm sure it's the same in, in soccer and, um, you know, all the other sports out there, but the game is so much of a mental game. Um, and especially in lacrosse, uh, where scoring is, is quite a bit higher than in some of the other sports. But um, the mental aspect of it is something that it took me a while to, to – grow in and to finally figure out um i had my routines um i'd show up to the facilities about two hours two and a half hours before the game i, I did quite a bit of treatment i had a little back issue um so stuff in the training room and then when i get out to the field i do a lot of stretching i had my jump rope to get my feet going and then i'd juggle the get the hand eye tuned in um but really the, the mental side of it, um, you got to learn to be able to, uh, you know, let the, let the last mistake go. You're always, every goal is going to get scored on and you got to be able to just bounce back and uh, get ready for that next shot and not dwell on the past. And that's a harder, it's hard to do. It's harder than um, to, to do than it is to say. And I think it took me really to my senior year Um where I got to the point where I was just confident in my abilities um, and uh, where I was able to just let the last one go and, and get ready for the next. It's funny you mentioned the juggling. I always see these videos of, of goalies and, and just across various sports, juggling before the games, using, juggling off the wall. I could never juggle, and I just felt like such a loser because I tried every year and I never got any better at it. What I did was uh, I couldn't do it for a, so long, and I just locked myself in the basement. I was in high school at this point, and uh, told myself I wasn't going to go upstairs until I uh, until I could juggle. And uh, by the end of the day, I had it down. And it's like riding a bike; you'll never uh, once you get it, you'll never lose it. People who people who can juggle do love to show you that they can juggle. I oh, think yeah. that's just, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, lacrosse. Back to, back to lacrosse. As much as I would love to talk about juggling. Um, lacrosse is a unique sport for goalies for a lot of reasons, but the one I'm thinking of right now, and you sort of mentioned it, is, is save percentage. You look at these other sports like soccer, ice hockey, field hockey, a good, you know, a good save percentage is in the 900s, saving around at least 90% of the shots that you see. But that's not exactly the case in lacrosse. Shutouts are 
thoroughly impressive in lacrosse. But as goalkeepers, we're taught to have that short-term memory and to focus on the next play. But what's your process from, from moving on and after letting in a goal or, or two or three? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right on about that. Uh, lacrosse is pretty different in that area. Um, you know, I, I would say a decent save percentage in, in lacrosse is about 50%. Um, you know, I, I'd say on any given year, you might have three guys who hit 60%, and, and those will be your three All-Americans all at the end of the season. Um, and so it's a huge part of the game that, um, is that mental side, being able to shake off that goal that just got by you um, and get ready for the next. And I think it starts with just putting the work in outside of, um, you know, outside of the game and um, being confident in your abilities. Um, I, I read, my coaches had me reading a bunch of different psychology books on uh, how to get your mind right and whatnot. And uh, I think it's different for every person. And honestly, I don't really have a great answer of how I figured it out. But I'd say my senior season, I, I finally got to the point where um, I had it figured out. And I don't know what that period point in time was for me, but it, it really just uh, clicked. And, um, you know, actually, now that I'm talking about it, I think it kind of reminds me. Um, so I've always you know, I mentioned it earlier, I've always uh, wanted to pursue a career in medicine. And um, I was pretty uh, open with that with my coach. And um, I remember one day I had a, I just played a terrible game the night before. And I had done all my prep like I usually had done. Um, and, you know, I felt like I was in a good place going in and it just didn't, didn't play well. And my coach brought me in the next day um, you know, read me the riot act and whatnot. Um, but the comment that he said that really stuck out to me was, you know, Grant, you want to do surgery one day, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, or he asked me first, he was like, what happened last night? And I said, I, I don't know. I was just off. He said, well, you want to do surgery one day, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, what happens if you're walking into a procedure and you just feel off? Are you going to do surgery on the guy? And that really kind of was where it started to click for me, where I um, started to put more energy and effort into figuring out the mental side of it and how I could um, just be ready to play on any given day, regardless of the stress outside with school or whatever, or if I hadn't gotten a good night's sleep or whatnot. You know, those were things that might have affected my play um, towards the beginning of my career. And um, I really kind of learned how to... Um, block those things out and just, just get myself in the, in the right mental spot. And I think that's probably one of the number one things that I'll take out of my uh, career playing college lacrosse is to be able to do that, um, you know, one day in a career in medicine, I think. And that's sort of, I think that speaks to the position of, of, of being a goalkeeper is a lot of it is that tunnel vision and blocking 90, 95, 98, 99% of, whatever else is going on out of your mind and just focusing on what's in front of you. You can't focus on anything that's to your left, to your right. It can't be behind you. It just has to be right in front of you. Exactly. And it's hard to do. And it, yeah, it, it takes time. And, and I think that's, that gets lost on a lot of the younger goalkeepers who are still developing. And it can even get lost on a goalkeeper who's been playing the position for 20 years. It's, it's something that 
one one slip up can can make you lose all your progress but one but once you find the answer it's 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 it sort of starts to work itself out yeah and i think that's too a problem that um you know young goalies face uh especially if they have a coach that um you know in youth ball and whatnot that isn't all that familiar with the goalie position is they'll they'll just throw a young kid in goal and um and drills that are totally lopsided against the goalie and it you know i've seen a lot of a lot of good goalies just completely lose confidence and fall off and I, you know i think that's um an area that's improving in, in coaching over the years but um but then again it, it's something to consider um because it is such a mental game that you do have to work at building confidence absolutely and and i would say that at your time at lowell that it was it was easy just watching from the sidelines it was easy to watch your confidence rise throughout the four years that I got to watch you play and being in the same uh being in the same graduating class as you that was really cool for me at Lowell you were selected your your freshman year you were all conference all rookie team your sophomore year you led the entire conference with 164 saves on the year but um you were named to the all conference all academic team we we all know as individuals the, the the individual accolades are nice, but what would you say was your most re- what would you say was was most rewarding for you during your time at UMass Lowell? Yeah, um, I'd say for me it was it was the friendships you make. I mean, Carter, you know what I'm talking about with the those friends you'll keep for the rest of your life. Um, you know, and that's what I miss the most as well. Uh, I would say also that um, you know there are a lot of life lessons that I learned. Um, playing lacrosse at UMass Lowell that I think will always stick with me. And, and, you know, those are more valuable than any um, personal accolade could, could ever be, in my opinion. Well, right now you're, you're at medical school at the University of Virginia and you just, you just sort of led me into it. How would you say not just playing division one athletics, but being a goaltender prepared you for life and a career moving forward? Yeah. So, you know, division one athletics is, they teach you hard work. They teach you dedication, time management. You know, these are, these are things you can learn in other places, but they're all boiled down in there in, in division one athletics. And I, I think it, you know, being used to a strict schedule where, um, you know, I wake up, go to class, practice, and then study till it's bedtime, um, you know, really prepared me to, for the studying that I'm having to do. And, you know, here in medical school. And it's honestly made the transition pretty easy. Um, as far as, you know, I, I, you see some of your peers might have a bit of a harder time just adjusting to the, to the workload. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of them are quite a bit smarter than me, but I think I've, where I've got to step up is just being um, conditioned to, to that work ethic and that um, time management. You know, as far as the goalie position, I think there's a lot of parallels in medicine um, to to the goalie. In medicine, you're working with teams always the same way you are um, as a goalie in a sport. But ultimately, um, at the end of the road, if that goal goes in, you have responsibility there. It ultimately is going to fall on your shoulders. And in the same way in the medical field where um, you are that leader and, and you ultimately have, as a doctor, um, you're working with teammates, you're relying on, on different healthcare 
professionals, but at the end of the day, um, that pressure falls onto you um, and you have to come ready each day. Like, like I told you about that, my coach making that comment to me and, you know, eventually down the road when, um, you know, hopefully I end up going into surgery. We'll see how that pans out, but um, you know, I'll have to be able to, to block out whatever's going on outside and, and to go in and perform to the best of my abilities on any given day in the operating room. Um, and I think having those experiences, um, you know, will be incredibly beneficial. I'd also say the amount of pressure you face as a goaltender in any sport is, is pretty high. And, um, and that uh, medicine is a profession that that's also very high stress and, and high pressure. And so just uh, having the experience of, um, you know, being able to perform under pressure and handle that, uh, I can already tell it's benefited me. And I, I have a feeling it will uh, be beneficial moving forward as well. I, I couldn't think of a better better way to end this. Grant, it's been it's it's been awesome catching up with you. I really appreciate you taking the taking the time today. Yeah, of course. And thank you for the invite. It's been uh, been a lot of fun. Guys, this has been an awesome episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I've been your host, Carter Hawkman. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps. 